Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Welcome to church this morning. It's great to be with you here at Life Adelaide. And uh, as Kath has just mentioned, we are starting a new series. And that new series is simply called Sold Out. It's going to be a groovy kind of morning this morning. Like the graphic, Sold Out. There we go. Fantastic. Come on, let's put our hands together for the band. Did a great job. Get you guys and girls back in just a little while. But uh, I really was enjoying the worship time, time of singing and praising God, which is a real important part of what I'm actually going to share about today. I don't know about you, but with our transition and some of the emotions that people have had to deal with as we've let go of the Victory Church name and embraced a new name for a new season, it can bring up some feelings, some sentimental feelings, some emotional feelings, and none of that is wrong. I thought about that in the context of what we've had to face through the COVID season and the feelings and the emotions that that has brought up. The fact that we have not been able to travel. Wasn't that long ago that we was in three months lockdown and and all the emotion that that has brought up and then coming out of lockdown and the emotion that that has brought up. Not only that, but some of the things that we face in our own world. I know just this week, a couple of our pastors had to have one of those very serious and tough conversations when it came to dealing with someone in the church and uh, no pastor likes those conversations and unfortunately uh, it didn't go as well as we would hope for and so I was getting emailed just this week and it was one of those emails that is not very nice and had a few things to say about me and the church and, and it's part of those things that brings up emotion and again none of those things are right or wrong but it's how we manage those things. And in light of all the things that we have to manage with mental health on the rise and and mental sickness on the rise, I thought what better time to start a series that addresses the management of our soul. And that's what this series is about. It's about the management of our soul. It's about keeping and managing a healthy soul. Turn to the person next to you and say, a healthy soul. This is what this is all about. Who's interested in knowing what we need to do to develop and keep a healthy soul. Because I tell you, this is an area in people's worlds and people's lives that we are losing a battle. Our souls are coming under attack. And I believe with all my heart, we need to win this battle that is not going away. Are you with me today? So if you are with me, turn in your Bibles, if you would, or follow on the screen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I wanna read from the message translation, which says, May God Himself, the God who makes everything holy, and get this, whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. Get this, if He said it, He'll do it. I love that thought. If He said it, He will do it. God, our God, is not a God that He should lie. If He said it, He will do it. If He said it, He will complete it. And uh, as a result, That should put peace and joy in our heart of hearts this morning. We serve a good God 
And not only do we serve a good God, we serve a God that is a triune God. In other words, He is a three-part God. He is Father, He is Son, He is Holy Spirit. We sing the song, I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in God the Spirit, our Father, three in one. Is there anyone here this morning, maybe watching online, that you believe that we serve a triune God? He is Father, He is Son, He is Holy Spirit. He is three, He is one. I know that is hard to understand in our cerebral world in which we live, but it's a fact and it's a truth. He is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And just like He is a triune being, a triune God, we are triune beings. We are body, soul and spirit. Body, soul and spirit. We are a spirit that owns a body, that, uh, sorry, that owns a soul and lives in a body. This is our earth suit. What you see is our earth suit. It's what our spirit lives in while we are here on planet Earth. And we are a spirit that owns a soul. To live as God intended us to live, we have to address all three of these areas. I heard it said many, many years ago, whatever you neglect, you lose. If you neglect your marriage, you'll lose your marriage. If you neglect your health, you'll lose your health. If you neglect your mind, you'll lose your mind. So every area that God has given us is important. And as a result, we have a responsibility to that which God has given us. We have a responsibility for our spirit, our body and our soul. You know, even the sporting codes these days understand this. Back in the day, it was just all about the body. It was all about fitness. It was all about making sure that you were on your game. And so all the training and all the coaching was around the physical aspect of the game. But more recently, they've realised actually it, it's, it's not just about the physical aspect. If a person's mind is not in the game, then it doesn't matter how fit they are. It doesn't matter how strong they are. They need to be mentally strong. And so we have psychologists, we have sports psychologists now. Who would have thought back in the day that sporting teams would employ psychologists to help them with their sporting prowess? But we see that in every code and we see it in every team these days. And get this amazing of all, that not only do we take care of that, but many of the sporting teams have chaplains now. They realise there's a spiritual element. And so if the sporting world can be awakened to the fact that we need to address all of these areas. How much you and I, as believers in Christ Jesus, address all three of these areas. You know, Christianity is not a rabbit's foot. It's not just picking your favourite verse and quoting it over and over and over again. No, it's more complex than that. We need to look more deeply than that. And we need to make sure that as a church, we are speaking the whole counsel of God's Word. And that's why sometimes we come to church and we sit there and we add the yes and the amen because actually that particular subject that we're talking about any given Sunday, we might be in a good place. But then there's another one. We start talking about money. So oh, don't talk to us about money. Uh, that's obviously something we need to talk about. Or it could be about our health or it could be like this series about our soul. And I want you to know as a pastor and as a leader in a church, every area needs to be discussed. Paul, the great Apostle says, I did not fail to present the whole counsel of God's Word to you. And so as a church here at Life, we desire to bring the whole counsel of God's Word to each and every one of us. 
He not only wants to make us holy, this holy God not only wants to make us holy, but He wants to make us whole. And the word whole is the Greek word sozo. Great little word, say sozo to the person next to you, say sozo. He wants to make us sozo. And the word sozo means to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to do you and me well. Who doesn't want that? In other words, He wants to save a lost spirit. He wants to deliver a tormented soul. And if your spirit is lost today, we wanna introduce you to Jesus. If you have a tormented soul, we wanna see you set free. He wants to heal a hurting body. I believe that we serve a God who heals today. The signs, miracles and wonders that we see in the Word of God, God is still able, He's still capable of doing all that and more in 2021, even in this COVID crazy world. COVID does not hinder or stop the plans or purposes of God. In actual fact, it gives us opportunity to showcase just how good our God is. And so over the next couple of weeks, we wanna look at the area of our soul. We wanna find solutions to a fit, healthy, strong soul. One thing I know when it comes to talking about our soul, we often confuse our spirit and our soul. Would that be fair to say? Some of our language, we talk about our spirit one minute, then we talk about our soul. And if we're honest, we don't differentiate between the two. And so we get confused. And as a result, This can cause problems. If we don't have a delineation between our spirit and our soul, it's gonna cause problems. And so I trust and pray that we understand the difference through this series. You see, the spirit, our spirit is the real you. And the Bible refers to our spirit in numerous ways. It talks about our spirit as the spirit man. It talks about our spirit as the inner man, the hidden man of our heart. All these, and there's many, many more ways in which the Bible describes who we really are. The real you, the real me. It's our spirit. It's the primary seat of our entire being. We were created spirit first. When God says, I knew you before you were born, before you had a body, it's because we were spirit first. He didn't see a body and say, oh, there's a person. No, He knew us before we had a body. He saw us, the Bible says He saw our unformed body because we were spirit first. And it's the part of us that lives forever. We talk about going to heaven. We talk about eternity. That's the part of us that lives forever. Our body will die. Our body will decay. Our body will perish. But our spirit will live on forever. And our spirit is the part that God speaks to. And this is a really important fact. The part that God speaks to is our spirit. Our soul, on the other hand, is our mind, our will and our emotions. And it's with our mind that we think. It's with our will that we want. All those desires, that's from our will. And it's with our emotions that we feel. So with our mind, we think. With our will, we want. And with our emotions, we feel. And our soul was created by God, which means our soul is good. There is nothing wrong with wanting. There is nothing wrong with thinking. There is nothing wrong with feeling. These are are emotions and these are things that God has given us. I mean, life would be pretty bland if we didn't think or we didn't feel or we didn't want and we had no desire. So these things in and of themselves are good and they are godly. Without a soul, we wouldn't be able to think, 
feel or decide. So our soul is good. I want you to know that our soul is good. It's been created by God and it's to be used for good and for God. Here's the problem. The problem is when we let our soul have its way. When we let our soul have its way, we get in trouble. It's like as parents, when we let our kids have their way, we get in trouble. And our soul is the same. When we are controlled by our feelings, when we are controlled by our thoughts, when we are controlled by our will, that's where the problems start. And let's be honest, for many Christians, we live out of our soul. We live according to what we want. We live according to what we think. We live according to what we feel. And we live out of our soul. And here's the worst of it. Not only do we live out of our soul, we then add a Scripture to it. Have you noticed that? We live out of our soul and then we add a Scripture to it. And so we say, I don't wanna go to church today. I don't want to, my will doesn't want to. And then we had a Scripture that says, we're free in Jesus, we don't have to. Can you see what I did there? I, I, I got my soul to dictate what I wanna do. And then I found a Scripture to support what my soul wanted to do. Do you know you can make the Bible say pretty much whatever you want it to say? If you, find, if you look deep enough, you will find a Scripture for whatever you want. And that's why for me, understanding and interpreting the Bible is so incredibly important. And the way we interpret the Bible is with the Bible. We interpret Scripture with other Scriptures. Otherwise, we're going to get in trouble. Some might say, I don't feel like forgiving that person. Again, you can play the freedom card. But you know what? That's going to get you in trouble. God wants you to forgive so that you can be free of the bitterness and the hurt and the weight of that unforgiveness in our lives. I don't think it's worth reading the Bible. The Bible's not applicable for today. You can come up with all of these notions based upon what you think, what you feel and what you want, add a Scripture to it and it holds you in bondage. And I believe that's why it's so good that we gather together in church to hear and sit under the preaching of God's Word so that those thoughts, those feelings and those desires can be arrested in Jesus' Name. If you come to church wanting to hear what you wanna hear, Actually, that's not always going to be how church works. Sometimes it will, but there'll be other times you'll hear things, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I like that. Actually, that's our will in conflict with God's Word. And what we do and who wins the battle in that moment is really, really important. Are you with me? Darius Daniel said this, just because someone is using the Bible doesn't mean God is using them. What you and I need is a soul maturity. Again, would you please turn to the person next to you and say soul maturity. That would be the subtitle of my message today, soul maturity. In other words, we need our soul to grow. We need the area of our soul to grow up. We need our thinking, we need our wants and our desires and our, our feelings to grow up and to bring them into line with God's good, perfect and pleasing will. And so if you would turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter four, and we're gonna look at Abraham as a little bit of a case study on what it means to have soul maturity. Are you ready? Are you with me still? Still love me? That's to assume you love me in the first place. But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume you do. Romans chapter four, verse 18 says this. 
Against all hope, I love this, Abraham in hope believed God and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19 says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about, get this, 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20 says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do that which He had promised. And this is why it was credited to Him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to Him were written not for Him alone, but for you and for me and for us also to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Abraham is and will forever be known as the father of our faith. He left an incredible example of what it was to live a life of faith. And I believe he also leaves an incredible example for us of what it is to grow in our soul maturity. And this morning, I just wanna highlight four things from Abraham's life that can help us hopefully grow in our maturity when it comes to our soul and have and develop a strong, healthy, robust soul. Are you with me this morning? So the first one is simply this. When it comes to the area of our soul, we need to lead our soul. Say, lead your soul. We need to lead our soul. Bible says, against all hope, Abraham believed. What part of him was it that believed? It was his spirit. Abraham believed in his spirit. God had said, I believe it. And that settles it. God said it, I believe it. And that settles it. He believed it in his spirit. Why? Because that's the the part of us that God speaks to. He doesn't speak to our mind. He speaks to our spirit. God speaks to us by His Spirit to our spirit. Spirit gives birth to spirit. I will say this, that God can use our soul to get our attention, but primarily He'll speak to our spirit. He may give you a feeling and God can use our feelings to get our attention. He may use a thought to get our attention, but God primarily speaks to our spirit. It is the spirit part that God speaks to. And having heard God in our spirit, our spirit then speaks to our soul and our body. So God speaks to our spirit. And when we've got something from God in our spirit, it's our spirit's responsibility to speak to our soul and to lead our soul and to lead our body. Our responsibility is to lead our soul. It's been a gift given to us by God, just like our body. And we have a responsibility to lead our soul. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. It's to lead our soul. Secondly, you need to silence your soul. 
Not only do we need to lead our soul, but we need to silence our soul. Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. And I want you to get this. Abraham had his body. Every time he looked in the mirror, they didn't have mirrors back in those days, but the reflection in the lake, you'd look in there and see an, you'd see an old man. And it screamed, his body screamed at him, you're too old. I think God got it wrong. I imagine his family and friends said, you're too old. I think God got it wrong. And you have to silence the voices. His body was screaming at him. I imagine his family and friends were screaming at him. I imagine his thoughts were screaming at him. I imagine when he got out of bed, he, oh. his body saying, you're too old. I imagine every part of his soul was screaming, you're too old. God's got it wrong. But you've got to silence those voices. And what I love about what Abraham did, he didn't deny it. I want you to get this. You see, faith can face the facts. Abraham didn't say, no, I'm not. Some of you older people in this room just need to get out of denial and say, I'm not as young as I used to be. Some of you are kidding yourselves. And, and, and this is not a message today on kidding yourselves. No, we've got to face the facts. I know for me at 52 years of age, I, I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm not as young as I used to be. But that doesn't mean that I'm old. That doesn't mean my time is up. It doesn't mean my time is over. And Abraham was able to face the fact, yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm not in my prime. I know I'm a little bit older than you. I, I know this is not the normal time to start a family. I get it. But I've heard God in my heart of hearts, in my spirit, I've heard God. And you've got to be able to silence the voices and you never silence the voices with denial. You silence the voices by facing the facts. And if you're going through a tough season, you don't say, I'm not going through a tough season. It might be a tough season. We can face the facts. If you're going through a tough season, face it, but give it to God. I remember in 2016, it was a tough year for us. It was a tough year for me personally. It was a tough year for our family. And the language we used, we, we acknowledged the tough season that we were in, but we did not deny what God was able to do in a tough season. In actual fact, God does His best work in tough seasons. When people's backs are against the wall, when people are in a difficult situation, when people are facing impossible moments, God seems to work at His best. When uh, Moses was being uh, chased by the Egyptian army and he came to the Red Sea and he had 300 of his followers saying, what's going on now? Look what you've done. You've led us into the desert to be killed. We would have been better off staying in Egypt. He had to silence the voices. And he rose his staff and miracle of miracles, the waters opened. I believe when we get a hold of our soul and we silence the voice of the enemy, God is gonna do extraordinary supernatural things in our lives. And I believe be it metaphorically or even naturally, God is gonna part the waters for you. He's gonna part the waters for me. He's gonna part the waters for us as a church as we move forward into our new season. But if we just listen to the naysayers, if we just listen to the negative voices and there will always be naysayers, there will always be the negative voices and we have to be the ones to silence them. 
Remember when Jesus went to pray for that young girl that had passed away? In actual fact, the parents even said, look, don't bother the master anymore because the daughter's died. And Jesus cleared everyone out of the room, got rid of all the negative voices so that He could do His work. If we're gonna lead our soul, we've gotta silence those voices. And even if they are right, and even if they are true, do you know the Bible says that the truth will set you free, not a truth? There's lots of truths out there. I'm old. My body's not the same. I can't do what I used to do. They're all truths, but there is a greater truth and it's God's Word. And Abraham was able to hold on to what he heard God said and you will be. You will be the father of a multitude. You will be the father of nations. And his response was first and foremost to silence the voices of all the naysayers. Do you know even the great theologian Arnold Schwarzenegger knows that. If you've ever listened to a motivational talk of Arnold, if you've ever listened to him, one of his first points will be, you must silence the naysayers. You look at his life and all the things that he was able to achieve and he keeps coming back. You've got to silence the naysayers. You've got to silence the naysayers. So if you want to lead your soul, you've got to silence all those voices. Thirdly, is this helpful? Thirdly, you need to speak to your soul. It's not enough just to silence your soul. When it comes to soul maturity, you've got to speak to your soul. And what I love about the life of Abraham, we read that he gave glory to God. At an old age, when in the natural, he was past bearing children, the Bible says he gave glory to God. When's the last time, church, you gave glory to God? Hopefully, it was just a few moments ago. But what about when there's no church and there's no music and there's no atmosphere and there's no environment like this and you're at work and you're the only one in the workplace that is a Christian or you're the only one in your classroom in a school or university? Abraham in that setting, in that environment was able to give glory to God. So you can't just silence your soul, you have to speak to it. David was able to say, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. A few scriptures for you. Psalm 42 verse five says this. Why, are, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your trust in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Saviour and my God. Now this is written by David. David had a few battles in his life. David had people chasing him down, trying to kill him. And he would have had moments where he felt uncomfortable, where he felt exhausted, where he felt frustrated, where he felt sad, where he felt mad. That's what the soul does when we leave it to itself. And David was able to say, hang on, whoa, whoa, soul, why are you so downcast? And when you think about the context in which we live, church, it's Australia and we're in Adelaide. And we're a couple of days down from officially being winter and it's 24 flipping degrees. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? What do we really have to complain about? 
oh my soul. And the last time I checked, no one was hunting you down to kill you. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Why? Because your football team lost by one point last night. To that I say, go the Crows. I have not been able to say that much this year, so I'm just gonna maximise it while I can. But when you stop and think what we get so downcast about, I can't travel. You know what, if we were never able to travel again and we got to live in Australia with all of its beauty, with all of its COVID freeness, there's worse parts of the world to live in. I don't know if you watch the news, but right now, if you live in the Middle East, you might have something to complain about. If you lived in parts of Asia, you might have something to complain about. COVID is rampant, wars and rumours of wars are happening all over. And here we are living in the freedom. We are so free. We can choose whether or not we wanna go to church or not. It's an incredible thought. And David was able to get a hold of his soul and say, I'm not gonna be downcast because I have nothing to be downcast about. Why, O oh soul, are you so downcast? When's the last time you spoke to yourself? When's the last time you spoke to your soul or do you just carried away with your thoughts and feelings? That's where we're gonna win in life when we grow up in the area of our soul. Psalm 62 verse five says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. When you're upset, when you're in turmoil, when you're feeling a little bit agitated and it could be an exam you're facing, you say, yes, yes, my soul. We're gonna find rest in God. I know we've got an exam coming up, but we need to hold our line. We need to steady our soul. We need to remind our soul of how blessed we really are. Psalm 103 verses one to five says, praise the Lord, my soul. All my innermost being praise His holy name. You know, sometimes it's not enough just to praise God. You've got to tell yourself to praise God first. You might have to say, well, I've had a shocking week, but we're going to go to church, soul, and we're going to praise God this morning. And I don't care what song they play. I don't care how loud the music is. I don't care if I didn't get my favourite chair this morning. My soul, listen to me, we're going to praise God. And if those young ones are leading and it's a little bit too loud, we're going to praise God anyway. And if someone just so happened to steal my chair, my favourite chair, the chair I always sit in, don't they know? Oh my soul, it doesn't matter. No one stealing your chair ever stopped you praising God. If you stop praising God, it's because you made a choice to stop praising God. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. There you go. Maybe you stop praising God because we just forgot His benefits. Remind yourself of the benefits that we have in God, the benefits we have of living in Australia. Man, we are so blessed. He who forgives all of your sins, heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies you, your desires with good things, that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, what a passage rich of truth. If you've got nothing else to thank God for, just thank God that you've been forgiven. All your sins, past, present and future wiped away because of the precious sacrificial 
life, death, burial, and most important, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to speak to your soul. If you want to grow your soul maturity, you've got to lead your soul. You've got to silence your soul. And you've got to speak to your soul. Who wants to grow their soul? Got some homework to do. And the last one is simply this. And if we can have the band come up, that'd be fantastic. Number four is you've got to feed your soul. Just like your body needs good food to stay healthy, it needs good food, it needs the right diet, it needs the right exercise. We know that. We know that. Well, just like the body needs those things, so too our soul is the same. Our soul needs to be fed with healthy thoughts. You know, who's heard of the word meditation? You know, when we mention certain words, we, we conjure up what that looks like. We conjure up what that means. And I imagine most people think of meditation, they think of silence. Some of you might think of humming. Some of you might think of kneeling. Some of you might th think of sitting down cross-legged and holding your hands certain ways. They are all images that conjure up this word meditation. And I'm not saying that that's not part of it. But this is what I know when it comes to meditation. It's not just about emptying your mind. I think it starts with that. I think we've got to silence the voices. I think we've got to get rid of the distractions. I think there's a measure of emptying our minds when it comes to meditation. But if we just empty our minds, we're gonna come out of our time of meditation as airheads. And the Bible doesn't say blessed are the airheads. It doesn't say that. It says blessed are the hungry for they shall be filled. And so it's not enough just to empty your mind. It's really important what you fill your minds with. So to me, meditation is emptying your mind, but more importantly, it's about filling it with the right thoughts. It's about filling it with the right images. It's about filling it with the right words. If we are truly gonna be people that meditate, we need to make sure that we're meditating on the right things. And the Bible says that we should meditate upon the Word of the Lord. I, I read my Bible every day and I, I got our kids into the habit of reading their Bible every day. Not because we are Christians, not because we are pastors or pastor's kids, not because we have to be seen to be doing the right thing, but I just don't know any other way to meditate on the Word of God without reading the Word of God. And so from a very early age, we just read the Word of God. And I wanna be that person who can meditate on the Word of God and know what the Word of God says. Abraham, I believe, filled his mind with what God was up to. You know, one of my past favourite passages of Scripture is in what we've read this morning, Romans chapter four, that Abraham, get this, he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do that which He had promised. There's a lot of God talk in that, that he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do which God had promised. He was fully persuaded. How, how persuaded are you this morning? How persuaded am I this morning that God is able to do what He said? Maybe God has given you a promise. Maybe you're holding on to something. But because time has elapsed, and because you're a little bit older, 
maybe a little bit more jaded, a little bit more cynical, you're finding it harder and harder to believe. Well, this is a good time to arrest our soul. We need to have healthy things to think about. Some of those healthy things I believe, just just for a moment, think about this incredible nation in which we get to live. Think about your family. Think about the jobs that we have. You know, for me, listening to a podcast or listening to music, singing along with, with worship music, It's an incredible thing that I do to help make sure that my thoughts are healthy. What about things to do? For me, I would go to church even if I wasn't the pastor. I love church. Not only is it uh, something that's commanded by God for us to do, but man, the incredible benefits of going to church. But not only those spiritual things, but, but what is it that you like doing? What's good for your soul? For Kath and I, we love going to cafes. We love doing exercise. We love walking on the beach. Personally, I love painting. I, I can't put that on any one of you, but you've got to have some things that you do. Just getting outside is just an incredible advantage. Exercise and all those things if we're going to keep a healthy soul. And then we need some things that we feel. You know, for me, I love a massage. I'm not saying everyone's into that, but you know, it's just one of those things that I do for my soul. It's just, I just love that. I love sitting in the sun. I love the warmth of the sun on my body. Now, again, you may hate that, but you've got to find something that is good for you. And there's lots of great things that can make you feel better, think better and act better that don't involve sin and aren't going to take you off track. You've got to find those things. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.